Yo, what's up, people? Good morning. That's ah. nice change of pace. <laughs> Episode 20 of Orange and Blue Thing coming at you live from Long Island. Man, the Mets are getting hot. They have won seven of their last ten. We got an outing tonight against the San Francisco Giants. We're pumped up. I'm Brian Ernie. That's Darren Meenan. What's we're, up? Good morning, guys. We're going to welcome on Paul LaDuca onto the show later, so we're going to do all kinds of fun things. But for all you people now at work, we know you're not working. <laughs> so you might as well do something. That's what you're saying about having a morning show. You're yeah. like, you know what? How many people are on social media all freaking day? I don't know how anyone gets any work done. Yeah. Like when we turn on our Facebook Live or Instagram or Periscope or whatever, and there's people on there all the time, not to call you out, Carp, but uh, people are always watching. And I was like, shit, if we do a day show, do you think people were going to watch? And you know, the numbers so far are looking pretty good. So I guess people are tuned in, which is nice to see. Um, yeah, unfortunately or fortunate, depending on if you enjoy a day show or a night show, I'm going away. On uh, tomorrow morning, I'm going on vacation for a few days. So unfortunately, or fortunately, or whoever is looking at it, um, one way or the other, yeah, we we had to move the show from Thursday night because I'm going to be on the beach Thursday night. Um, Doesn't suck down in Turks and Caicos. So we're celebrating a few different things all in one. Yeah. Obviously, Mother's Day is on Sunday. Shout out to my wife who I think is watching this right now from the gym. Uh, she's there right now. So um, Mother's Day is on Sunday. Our anniversary was last week. Our daughter's birthday's. Thursday and um, Kelly's birthday was last weekend, so we kind of bundled together for for okay. occasions, and we're going down to the beach for like a few that. days. It's very nice. Yeah. So, well, I'll just have to hold it down here, doing nothing. I would have given you the key. You can come down here and hang out. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know, we're for the time being, we're still in my basement, Wayne Wayne's World style. We are in the process of moving the warehouse to somewhere closer to home, looking in the Hop Hog area. So, when and if that happens, we'll have a, a nice professional studio. Not that this isn't professional, but a nicer studio with like more space, maybe some couches. We can have room for guests, so they don't have to always Skype in, and um, a little like green room hang out area it's cool i like so, it yeah our wives might not like it though because after the show's over we're not gonna be like rushing to leave well know? that's the whole problem that's yeah. that's the thing but you know who knows it it's it could work we're, out it's really work nice. we're working yeah and eventually oh, and by the way we did say beers for breakfast and yeah. neither of us have beer no. but i did just spice up my iced coffee here with a little baileys so. and I got, I got the francesa diet coke thing going on today we do have an outing tonight and i haven't slept in three weeks um, the baby, <laughs> the baby does not want to sleep in the crib. Yeah. So every night she goes in around seven, eight o'clock and then wakes up like bawling at like midnight, one in the morning. And then my wife or I have to sleep on the floor to like keep her comfortable. So she'll like wake up, roll over and look over. And if we're, if we're still there then she puts her head back down, if we're not there, she freaks out. So since three episodes ago, I've been sleeping on the floor one you know, every other night kind of sucks. So um, we're with you because we we put him in bed with us, okay. which they say you shouldn't do. But you have to get, at some point you just give up and say fuck it. Like, well, that's a, it was. We just did it for like the first time, and he slept. And because you know, every once in a while, I'll have to like nurse go back to sleep or whatever. So yeah. it's like, whatever. Well, you who don't you, nurse. Who are you hurting? I <laughs> listen. <laughs> Not yet. Not, yeah. right, well, not right now. Not currently. <laughs> not, so, not. yeah, anyway, Mets news. The Mets, I, you know what's crazy? The, the the hits keep on coming for the Mets, and it seems like there's always something going on with this team. And um, it kind of has been taking the spotlight, spotlight away. They won the last three series against yeah. division rivals. They were going for the sweep last weekend. We Unfortunately, uh, Harvey did not pitch, as you, you definitely know if you're watching this. Mm. So we did have the chance to take three. And it didn't it didn't happen, but we still won the series, which is nice. We would have hopefully went three out of four in, in Atlanta if not for that rainout. So who knows? But I mean they're well, playing they're playing good baseball. And you know what? We we talked about this. 
the rest of the guys on the roster need to step up because obviously a lot of the pitchers are hurt. Cespedes is out, which we know he might be coming back in a couple weeks. I think you would you hear uh, two weeks. So Terry Collins said post game last night that he could come back in two weeks. Now, who the hell knows if that's actually going to happen? But I know they, they were doing tests on him uh, yesterday. I think uh, Sandy said on the telecast over the weekend that they wanted to kind of get to the root as to why he keeps having hamstring problems. Don't don't freaking uh, leg press a truck. I also think, right. I know I know Sandy talked about their hydration and that is an issue with with muscle pulls and everything like that. So maybe maybe Yoannis needs to uh, hydrate a little bit more. No, I get it. I definitely don't rush it. You know what I mean? the The guys are contributing. T.J. Rivera is right. contributing. You know, guys are are pulling their weight and they're winning, which is good. I mean, against they're they're not playing. You know, top level teams right now, but still, you got to beat these teams and you got to. You gotta punish them. You know what I mean. I saw Decomo say that that, that they're playing, or no, it was Matt uh, Ehalt from. Oh yeah, that, he's funny. Um, Elat or something like that. Yeah, Matt, I, whatever. It's been an ongoing thing where last year he wrote something about. Um, he complained about like extra innings. Like, yeah. he, like I'm like, oh my god, I have to work an extra fucking two innings now. And, and now he, he's become a better sport with it. Like yeah. if there's like the ninth inning, it's tied. I'm like, hey man, oh. it might be extra innings tonight. Are you, you all right? And he, and he actually replied a couple times ago. He's like, I'm actually off tonight, so I don't care. Like he's like so like sticking them on. Like man, he just said he's like loosen up. He said last night they're playing mediocre to bad teams, but those still count. I'm like, yeah, they do count. It was it was an issue. You know, the last couple of whatever years that they could never beat those teams. They had so many problems with the Braves down the stretch last year. Even the Phillies gave them a tough time. So, like, I don't care that that the Giants are struggling. If they would have lost that game last night, I would have been pissed. I'm like, the Reds just swept this team, and they scored five runs all series, and now they come in and win the first game. So last night was such a big game to get. Now they're winners of 7 of 10. Uh, if they win tonight or Wednesday afternoon, they're going to win four series in a row. Back to 500, which is important, too. Back to 500. Uh, listen, you know, like we said last week, you can't do anything until you get back to 500. And the Nationals are playing the Orioles, who are a great team and, and right, uh, right on the Yankees' heels in the ALE. So if Baltimore can take two or three or sweep from Washington, you might find yourself... Right you know, now we're five and a half back. I was going to say, by, the, by Thursday uh, or by Wednesday evening, you could be... Three and a half games out of first place, and then and then you're within basically a series. So, uh, listen, I mean, it's good good enough for me. So the other day, did you see the? Obviously, you saw it, but you're getting the tweets. I think it was Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Okay. It was uh, no, wait, was it Sunday? No, Sunday was the whole Matt Harvey thing. Yeah, maybe it was before that. Ga- yeah, it was before that game. Um, Noah was going to address the media with Sandy, and I guess uh, he apologized to um, Jay Horowitz about calling the media his minions, and you know he kind of tried to bury the hatchet on that one. But when I first saw the news, like Terry Collins and Noah Syndergaard are having a press yeah, conference, yeah. you obviously think the worst, and and so did the whole internet. You're right. like, oh, that's it, season's over. He's yeah. going to be back next year. And like, I actually wrote like, shit, it's either that. Or it's nothing, and he went for the second opinion in, in L.A., and he came back, and it's, they got the same diagnosis, which actually is, is what it was. Yeah, basically. What so they're saying is, six yeah. weeks until he can throw a ball again. Who knows how long that's going to be. Again, like with him and Cespedes, don't freaking rush it. We need these guys down the stretch. Well, that's what I'm saying. We're I hoping mean, that we get to the playoffs, and we need them in September. Could, you know, we need them in October. Could you imagine if a team in the playoff race acquired – a guy like Noah Syndergaard at the deadline. No, so that so that's exactly like getting him. Yeah, that's yeah. like it's like when the Astros acquired uh, Randy Johnson at the deadline back in like '97 or whatever it was. It, you're getting if Syndergaard comes back on time, that puts him on track to return probably right after that uh, Seattle series that mm-hmm. you guys are going to be at. So 
You talk in the beginning of August, you're going to add an ace, you know, provided that he doesn't have any setbacks and that he's still ready to go. So, uh, listen, if the Mets can keep themselves right in the thick of things, that's that's a huge boon for them. Yeah, who knows, man, because we're still waiting for Lugo and Mats to come back, too. So there's so many what-ifs, but as long as they're winning now without these guys and then hopefully they look better on paper with them, we'll see what happens. So, yeah. I mean, we should talk about, though, the big elephant in the room, which is who's not also there and who didn't show up on Saturday, which is Matt Harvey. Yeah, I think, think that we, we, if you're watching this now, we do have Paul Duca on, and, and let's hold off on some Matt Harvey talk until we get to that. But, yeah, I think that we a should... lot of people are disappointed yeah. in Matt, and I'm sure he's disappointed in himself. I hope he's disappointed in himself because it comes to the point where if you're not the Dark Knight anymore and you're not producing, this type of shit's going to happen where you can't just do whatever the fuck you want. Right. I mean, go golfing, go out, bang supermodels, get drunk at night, whatever. As long as you show up, do your job, and, you know, Jose Reyes. Mm-hmm. We are kind of jumping ahead of ourselves, but Jose Reyes said um, to the press, we're employees, we know what we have to do. Dating back to spring training, we have to be at work, and this is what we're employers. This is our job, right? And which is rare because that's like the opposite of what some of the other guys were saying. Like uh, Bruce was interviewed before, and he's like, "Oh, we're all pulling from the same rope. We're all on the same team." Like, kind of downplaying it. Yeah. So it's I don't know if maybe Ray is misspoke or whatever, no, but you I think usually, I think no, it, it was great that he yeah. did that because it's real. Yeah. But usually, guys don't do that. Um. So I don't know what kind of relationship they have together, but well, you know. You were even saying, alluding to uh, when you were a coach, obviously it's not Major League Baseball, but there are rules and ways that you have to go mm-hmm. about your your job and you have to be professional and this is serious. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, one of the things that I would constantly preach to my guys is a responsibility not only to me and to what they needed to do, but a responsibility to their teammates. I mean, if some guy showed up to my team, and I mean, listen, this is not, again, not pro baseball, but I you know, I managed D1 and D2 collegiate athletes and... and you know, I would tell them, you know, if you show up hungover, you're not playing. Yeah. That's that's the bottom line. There are guys on the bench that want your spot. What kind of reactions did you get? A lot of times it was begrudging from the actual player, but for the rest of the team, they loved it because yeah. they know that there's a responsibility to, to show up and do the right thing. And if you're not going to do that, then you're not going to play. And that's another thing that they were saying. Like, they can't just let... Harvey, if this is an ongoing issue where he's always late or yada yada, they can't allow that to keep happening because what what kind of example does that show the rest of the guys in the clubhouse? You can't let one guy do whatever the fuck he wants um, and everyone else has to follow the rules. But maybe looking the other way, like 2015, he missed the mandatory um, mm-hmm. practice for the, before the, the, for the postseason. Yeah. And it was like, well, I was stuck in traffic and by the time I was close to the stadium, the, the practice was almost over, so I just turned around. They like, had no well, choice. What, yeah. were, what were they going to do at that you can't point bench him in the playoffs. the playoffs? Yeah, right? exactly. And you know, in 2014, he showed up to Yankee Stadium wearing a Knicks hat, uh, you know, with a smile on his face, and he's supposed to be rehabbing from Tommy John. How that, many? That how didn't many bother times? me as much. But how many times? To- but the point is, is that that was questionable enough. He's. It's clear that he doesn't know what to do from a public relations standpoint. Because do you remember the Qualcomm interview? Oh yeah, I'm not here to talk about baseball. I'm here to talk about Qualcomm. And, and what's his name? Um, uh, whoever he was, he was with was like, uh, "Are you serious? Like, <laughs> you're a baseball player. This is a sports show. I didn't have you on so you could shill for the sponsor that's paying you." And then you know the Watch What Happens Live interview that he said, you know, he was had has had a threesome. Yeah, and but all fuck stuff. it. I mean, that that kind of didn't bo- that didn't bother that didn't me. bother me. That didn't bother me at all. Good for him. Like the belt, <laughs> you get the belt right. But at the same time, 
it is clear that he is working on his persona and not necessarily – well, maybe he's working on his baseball too, but it's obviously the brand is a priority as well, if not more so. Well, that's kind of what we were touching on also with the whole Thor thing. Like it's great that you're, you're Thor and you want to bulk up and be a beast and this and that, but it, it also comes time to the thing where you're also a professional baseball player and what really counts right. is winning baseball games right. because without that, you are not Thor. You are not – the Dark Knight. Yeah. You know what I mean? you got to win to pull that shit. So We'll talk a lot about it, about Paul. I want to touch on something one really quickly before we moved on. My grandfather called me at like 8 o'clock last night, and he said, I know we have some out-of-state viewers and listeners, so a lot of people watch country, too. Yeah, exactly. So a lot We're of people, global. We're, glo- we're a global show here. Global show. And i got a tight-ass shirt, man. <sighs> if you're watching this, my beer belly's looking great today, and it's the morning. You're supposed to be thinner in the morning, I don't, right? I think you look good. I'm sucking it in now. All right. All right. <laughs> so anyway, so he told me that he was watching the ESPN telecast last night, and apparently they were going split screen with some actor that they had on or whatever, and uh, and how brutal it was that you know, you're trying to watch a game. They pay all these rights and billions of dollars for, for these properties, and then they treat them basically like a sideshow to whatever – thing they're trying to shill whether it was like one of disney's movies or whatever and it's just like maybe people would be more like less inclined to cut the cord and kill espn if you treated sports like you did in the 80s and 90s that it was something to be revered and followed as opposed to a sideshow in whatever the lebron james the tim tebow show um so i i thought that was a great point by him i promised him i'd bring it up so there you go i do like when sny brings in relevant stuff like you know jim brewer seinfeld or sandy Sandy on the thing that was yeah it's cool um Anyway, so yeah, if you've been following along, I, I don't think you're a new Mets fan if you're watching this, but the Mets have been giving out crowns and also robes, but I think the only guy that wears the robe is, is Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I think uh, oh, there, there you go. go. Walker won last night. So the Mets are fi- 15 and 16, and there's 11 different crown holders right now. It's Cabrera, Darno, Syndergaard, Bruce, Cespedes, Wheeler, Conforto, Blevins, Reyes, TJ, Rivera, and Walker. Um, Darno and Bruce are both tied with three each. And uh, the Mets are 15 and 16, five and a half behind the Washington Nationals, as we just pointed out. And I like the crown. Some people don't like the crown, but get over it because it's not going anywhere at this point. Yeah. Like, they're not going to stop it now. It's cool that it's different. Like there, was, there are so many belts out there now, and it's just it wasn't. I, I actually the one belt I actually am totally okay with are uh, is the Houston Astros ones because JJ Redick bought it for the team, and he's a massive WWE fan, so that's okay. But like. You know, everybody's doing – even the Yankees do the belt. Really? Yeah. See, you know what? The Yankees are changing because, like, years ago when they had the core four and they were all regal, like, even their commercials, like the yeah. – the, the commercial on WFEN, like da 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 da, yeah. da, 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 da. like the horns. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ. It's not – you guys aren't, like uh, uh, royalty in, yeah. in the Bronx. You know what I mean? <laughs> so um, – yeah, I mean, the, the Yankees are changing. They didn't used to do a lot of promotion stuff, but now they kind of need to. they well, got to stay with the times. A lot of their ad their ads now are just like, come see how fun we are. And well, they knocked like, down some seats. They made something called the Pinstripe Pass, which is pretty cool. It's I 15 that, bucks, yeah. I think, for just like standing room only, yeah. like get in, which yeah. is cool. And uh, there's another team doing something like that where it's like a, a monthly fee and you get tickets to every game. I can't remember what it is. It's That's like cool. A, it's like a season ticket, but no seats. That's cool. It's really cool. Um, I think a lot of teams are going to transition that way. It just brings more fun to the ballpark. But anyway, yeah, so um, I don't even know how we got on the Yankees. Really cool. Oh, because they do a crown. The, what do they the do? belt. They do the a belt. belt. Yeah, everybody yeah, does so the, the belt. Mets so the Mets got crowns. If you don't like cool. it, deal with it. But if the Mets didn't have 
a crown, we wouldn't know about the rally dildo. That's right. <laughs> of course, you know, the rally dildo making its first appearance on what was that Friday? It reared night its head. The rally it did. It did. It did. It, uh, Oh, my goodness. I mean, what do you even say? I saw that Bob Nightingale from USA Today, he wrote some sweeping take on how the Mets are a circus and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they're having and, fun. And, and, that, and that he used the rally dildo as a, as a point of contention. Listen, man, like, that's, that's fucking great. Who knows exactly why <laughs> it's there, who's, who owns it, but who cares? It's funny. Like, and you know what? It's, it's the kind of thing where like that kind of stuff comes out. Um, and you know, the internet runs with it and a lot of funny stuff came out after that. Obviously the Mets had to take it down for obvious reasons. They can't leave that up. So it was up for, I don't know how long. And then it was immediately taken down. But once the tweets up and people screenshot it, it lives on forever. So there's a lot of funny things. Like I, I saw something the next morning when I woke up, I didn't see that right away. I woke up yeah, same the next thing. morning. I, I was like, what the fuck it. is this? Like, <laughs> yeah. It was just like black dildos yeah. all over my timeline on Twitter. I was like, what the fuck? DJ, DJ short wrote like, Google's why people would be oh searches for why people would be talking about Kevin Plawecki and then like a gif of just him like backing away. Yeah. Uh, it goes down in the annals of uh, great dick humor in Metsland because remember after the no hitter somebody's junk was on t- live TV. Oh yeah, I, I think that was supposed to be like Davis's dick walking by behind Dicky, but <laughs> yeah. uh, we never found out. But I think it was like Davis. But um, the other thing that was funny, like we we, we spoke about this, but it didn't end up getting time to do it. But uh, Shu and I were hanging out the day after, and I was saying something like, "Oh, we should like." Make Make a skit where we call the rally dildo and have a conversation with him. Like, and we had a gr- we had started yeah, there was a couple good of good ones. Like, <laughs> so, uh, what are you what are you doing in the clubhouse? Well, you know, I, the game kind of went quickly. I would usually run around in between the innings, and <laughs> you guys came back, and I was well, surprised. It's, and- a, it's a shitty job, but you know, you really learn the ins and outs of the team. And- <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah. but listen, I, th- I thought it was hilarious, and and I, I know you have it up on the screen that that our friend Julia. Oh uh, yeah, we gotta get to Julia here. Yeah, d- did some great dildo related humor, which. Julia, <laughs> if you're going to have a skill, it might as well be that. What do you yeah. call flowchart? Yeah. So Julia, at J Quad with like 8 million Ds at the end. If you don't follow her, you should. She's funny. Um, she wrote, I'm trying to put the pieces together. I need answers. What do you think the purpose is? purpose behind Rally Dildo? And it's, it's a, a piece of paper. I'll zoom in here with a, a bunch of funny stuff written on it. But um, So the middle of the page just says, big black dildo in Ploiecki's locker. That's the whole center of the whole thing. So I'll get to a couple of these. Um, up here it says, uh, came out of the bullpen to pitch relief is also a catcher, pitcher, catcher, dick in butt reference. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, one says, uh, a Juan Arebe memorial, because if you don't know about Juan Arebe, I guess the, as legend has it, he's packing like a Coke can. You know? I would assume so. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's Bay. That's, you know? that's, what, what, I, that's what I heard. Um, Matt Harvey panicked with the cameras around and put it in Kevin's locker. Grandy got confused and thought he was putting it back in his locker, not Kevin's. Um, I like this one. Donna, I guess, is her mom. And Donna's theory, her mom's theory says, best player gets the crown, worst player gets massive chocolate dick in their locker. <laughs> oh, poor Kevin Ploiecki. So there's a lot of stuff here. It's funny. Follow Julia. No one really knows the answer, and I think that it should be kept that way because, um, you know, it's a player thing. But she did expound upon the uh, Juan Uribe theory. Oh, she did, yeah. And, so. And- Took a very special sign to the game the next day. Yeah, this was funny. So she made this sign, and then her friend Kara put it up. But it says, uh, hey, Ploiecki, we all miss Juan Arebe, but that's a bit much. So she was holding it before the game, and I guess like the players, you know, if you get there early enough and you're down the right field line near the Mets uh, uh, dugout, 
the the pitchers come back after they warm yeah. up. And I guess they were running back, and and Degrom saw her and started laughing and threw a ball. So I think it's funny. It keeps the clubhouse light. I'm sure it's not going to be there anymore because now it's like a known thing. So now it's probably hidden. But if they win the World Series somehow this year, I am. 100% going to have to, you know, bring it in memorial. But you said that also. You were like, well, not, no, you <laughs> said if the Mets win the World Series, I'm going to get a custom crown. Now that, it's like that, if the Mets win the World Series, I'm buying a bl- big black if dick. The, <laughs> if the Mets win the Yeah, and the point is I, <laughs> I'm going to be saving up now for two things. If the Mets win the World Series, I'm going to be spending a lot of money. Um, yeah, right, guys, so we're going to get on with uh, Paul Duque here. He's got a lot to talk about. So if you're watching this now and you, and you don't mind hooking us up with a little share, click share and tell your friends that you're watching Orange and Blue thing and Paul Duke is about to be live. Um, again, tonight, McFadden's pregame before the outing. We have, this is our 66th outing and people like to think that we're we don't have a winning record for some reason it's always become a thing like on the internet like oh the, the seven line army's there they lost again like we're some like bad luck or whatever but um we're 36 and 29 so we are above 500 and we did see a lot of losing baseball in 12 yeah, 13 14 exactly. so we're not doing too bad and i think tonight we're gonna up that number to 37 and 29 we'll see so that would certainly be nice, and especially with Wheeler coming out, which hopefully they'll push him a little deeper into the I think game this is our first tonight. Wheeler outing. Yeah, I think um, ever? I don't know about ever. I think it just never really landed. We had a lot of DeGrom outings. We had a lot of Syndergaard outings. We yeah. had a few Harvey until he got hurt. Um, Done Matt's, a lot of, a lot yeah. of Matt's outings. I don't remember. I, guess, I mean, we must have had Harvey outings. I mean, uh, Wheeler outings, but, I mean, obviously none in a couple of years. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm, we should look that up. Should. should cross-reference that. and uh, Indart should know. He keeps track of every single baseball game he's ever been to. He knows his yeah. lifetime record. I don't know shit, but that's cool. Um, he saves every ticket stub, and he writes it down in a book. He knows he knows all that. So that's how, actually, I knew like our win-loss record because I didn't keep track in the mm-hmm. beginning, and he did. So he let me know a couple years ago, and we started actually writing it down. That's cool. Well, I'm, I mean, we would only really have to go back through 2013 and 2014, the outings from that year, because obviously he didn't pitch in 15 or 16 and he definitely didn't pitch the one game in 2012 cuz that was a dicky game it was uh, a dicky um so yeah so we'll get Paul here queued up um and we will get to that and while we do that we will stall while we try to get that uh, thank god for the general indeed tara hey tara and richie are coming down the uh yeah, their baby shower was the other night. I had to miss here. it because of the uh, wedding I was at, but congrats to you guys. The first baby of the section, so yeah. that's definitely something awesome. All right, we're very excited to welcome in our next guest. He's a four-time All-Star and former Florida Marlin, Los Angeles Dodger, Washington National, but obviously most importantly, New York Met. Over the course of his two seasons in Queens, he had 297 and, of course, recorded the putouts for one of the most famous plays and double plays in New York Mets history. Um, his retirement from baseball, he's working as a horse racing analyst for TVG. You can follow him on Twitter, at Poladuka16. It is, of course, one of my mom's favorite all-time players. <laughs> Paula Duca. Paulie, what's up, man? Don't make me feel, don't make me feel old already, man. No, man, she was, she was like, you got to play boogie shoes and, like, you know, on the show. Because, you know, when you used to come out to shade of that. So, uh, so uh, Yeah, boogie shoes and uh, staying alive. Those that, are my two favorites. That's a little old school, yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, Paul, I, I know I got your, your phone number only yesterday, but I got to tell you, I had we had a mutual friend back in the day, and I think they gave me your number. I apologize in advance if I ever left any drunken voicemails in, like, 2006. Um, <laughs> but thanks for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. No, no worries, man. Uh, I, I loved uh, hanging out with you guys uh, 2015 in the playoffs. Um, it was so much fun. Um, and hopefully we can get to experience that again. I know you guys are going out tonight, right? Yeah, yeah. we got our 66th outing tonight, so hopefully it's going to be a That's W. Cool. 
Yeah, so get to 500 tonight's big game tonight. Oh hell yeah! So yeah, I guess let's just start off with that. I mean, you came out to, in the 2015, hung out with us during the NLDS. So it, it, we all know that you came up through the Dodgers organization. So was it is it a tough thing to basically pick a side and say, you know, I am rolling with the Mets? I mean, like your default photos the Mets thing. You know, every time the Mets do something good, you're tweeting about it. I remember last year you had like the the jersey on with the broom. You're doing the sweep. So it's like I feel I feel like you're a Mets guy, and and you know, is it tough to to pick a side in that scenario? Like, do you get hate from the from the Dodgers fans? Um, you do here and there. A lot of the Dodgers. Listen, I, I grew up a, a Mets fan. Um, that's just what was the bottom line when it came to it. Um, uh, I was born in Brooklyn. Uh, I moved to Arizona when I was a, a young kid. Um, but when I went to Arizona, all we had was the Phoenix Suns. There was no Diamondbacks. There was no Phoenix Cardinals or Arizona Cardinals. Um, there was no Coyotes. They had a uh, an IHL team called the uh, Roadrunners, which was an international hockey team. Um, so you had to like somebody else. So a lot of people that were the transplant there were a lot of us coming from New York, Chicago, so on, so on. So I was a Met fan, and I probably was the only kid jumping on top of my bed when the ball went through Buckner's legs in 1986, you know. So, um, you know, when I got drafted by the Dodgers, you know, the Dodgers grew me up professionally, you know. And then when I got traded to the Mets, it was a dream for me. I never thought it was going to happen, to be honest with you, because I was happy to be in Florida. Um, And, you know, he was trying to get the stadium, and then when the stadium didn't happen, you know, he let us all go. Well, obviously, it's been an insane two weeks here in Flushing, and, and I know you <laughs> it's had... Always, it's always an insane two weeks with the Mets, isn't it? You're, it's been a long two weeks, <laughs> about 10 years' worth of them. Um, so I know you were you had a big opinion on the, the Harvey situation. Um, let's talk about that. For, for any of those uh, who may have missed it on Twitter, I think we're going to put it up right here on the screen. Yeah, we also put the video up. This is video on Facebook, but we also do the podcast afterwards on iTunes. So let me just read the tweet here, and then we can just dive in a little bit uh you tweet the other day all the rumors about matt harvey are completely wrong but what he did i can't defend he let his teammates down more than anyone hashtag lgm and then followed that up um with a second one here uh 17 years i played and i showed up at the park every single day including the day my mother passed underlying problem here but a text takes two seconds it's hard to hard to argue with that paul well, my, my thing about the problem the, the problem is I, I I love Matt. I've hung out with Matt multiple times. Um, I find him to be a little bit like Kevin Brown, but he's nowhere near Kevin Brown when it comes to showing up at the ballpark at the right time or just doing the right things. Um, you know, Kevin Brown had a contract where a lot of people took that personal with the Los Angeles Dodgers when I was coming up about he had his own flights. Um, he would fly certain places. Um, and not with a team, and the guys took that personal. And I remember one day uh, on the plane just turning around to a lot of the guys um, that were talking crap about him, basically. And I'm like, listen, man, here's the deal. That dude's going to win 20 games for us. And here's the other thing. All seven days or all six days of the week, if we have an off day, he is on the bench at 645, suited up, rooting for your ass to get to first base, second base. He's not in the clubhouse eating snacks or whatever, and he shows up every fifth day, and he's our best pitcher. So he negotiated his contract, what he needed to negotiate. These are big boys now. They get to do what they want. But listen, if you're going to get to do what you want, you also need to do what your team needs. So Kevin had different flights. So on off days, he flew home to be with his family. That's how he used his flights. And he got a bad rap for it. Now, when it comes to Matt, 
the issue that you have here is if you really read my tweet, you end up finding out what really happened. If you really actually dissect the tweet, and what the tweet is, is seven. I was talking to my father about this last night. In the 14 years and the 17 years that I played, I've never even had a player not call in, not alert a teammate, not alert a coach. Let me ask you a question. You spend, well, if you think about it, these guys spend more time with your baseball family than you do your family. Now, let me ask you, if one of you two guys were texting each other 20 times during the day and hadn't heard back, what would your situation? I'm talking teammates too, as well. Sure. You know, um, so to me, it's either telling me he has no friends, one, which I doubt. Um, two, like I said, there's an underlying problem. But three, they 100% did the right thing. You cannot show up, not tell anybody you're not showing up, and then show up the next day and say, "I'm gonna, I'm ready to pitch." Yeah. It did the exact right thing. You got, you have to send them home, and you know the suspension's light. And here's the deal. The suspension's light because there's injuries. If, if there was, let's be honest, if there wasn't any injuries and they didn't really need any pitching right now, the suspension would be, about, would be a lot more. Oh, well. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because it's, it's the kind of thing where, you know, the persona with the whole Dark night. obviously, then he got hurt. He had the surgery and he came back and, you know, some fans were down on him. And, and I feel like the, the whole I'm the man aspect may have added to some hate from the fans because now it's the kind of thing where it almost seems like he doesn't care about – the teammates or the play or, or, or the team or the fans. And it just leaves a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. But you know, it's the kind of thing where like we hear so much side stuff from him, like, you know, ex-girlfriends or who's dating who, you know, like there's always another story with him. And, and while it's nice to be young and famous and rich and hanging out with all these girls and all that, it's, it's, it's also comes down when you're a fan or, you know, like Jose Reyes said yesterday, you're also an employee and you gotta, you gotta show up for work. So it's, it's, it was for us, we were just talking about before we went on with you, I think it's rare to hear a player or teammate kind of say that about their guy. You know what I mean? Saying like, you know, publicly to the press. But here's like, the thing. If you're – Maybe they're just sick of it. The guy, he's not the guy. No, I know, I know. So maybe the other players so, are kind of just sick of it. You know, I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah, but who's – but here's the deal. Someone's got to say something. Of course. You can't well, just sit there in your locker and drop, I'm worried about the 23 other guys. Right, right, right. That That's your response? Right. Come on, man. Come on, man. Someone needs to light this dude up. I'm the one that I'm the guy that has to light him up, and I and I'm Matt's friend. Uh, it's more of a lesson than anything. But you're trying to tell me that's basically why he walked in and did that. I mean, he's basically no. Re that's that's he's saying he's no has no respect. Um, I mean, that's like not giving a you know what at another level, bro. Think about it. We're in the social media world now. If you were in Kansas City back when I played, or you know San Diego, I'm not no disrespect to cities. I'm just talking like they're lower uh, media cities. Like you know, mm -hmm. you have 40 people in your in your locker room after the game. When you're in Florida, you have four. So it's a different ball game in New York, or, or where it comes to the, the lower market cities. In the social media world now, it would get caught. Like honestly, I mean, did he? honestly think I'm not going to tell anybody I'm in New York and not, there's not going to be any backlash. I mean, like, I, I, it, it truly blows my mind. Like I said, 17 years of my lifetime. I, I, I talked to my father about this last night. And let's get this straight. I, I went through a, a, 
a divorce publicly through the papers in New York. And like so much stuff was said that was outrageous. Um, uh, did I have fun when I played in New York? 100%, man. I had a blast on Long Island. I didn't pay for a meal. People were cool <laughs> as hell. We partied all the time. But i tell you what, man. I never played a game hungover, and I showed up at the ballpark. And I showed up at two. And by the way, I played every day. This dude pitches once every five. <laughs> That's the other issue about this. I mean, like, no, it's true. come on, man. You got to be real about certain situations, about certain things. Um, and, you know... You got to show up for work. Any other job, he gets fired. Yeah, totally. And then just to bring that up, the before we went on this morning, um, something came up from the New York Post. Actually, wrote uh, New York Post reports Matt Harvey was actually out drinking until four a.m. Sunday morning. So no, he wasn't. I don't know. This is what these guys. I mean, you know, take the New York Post with a grain of salt because like who no, knows? They if, have no clue what's going on. They have no clue. That's good. I'm glad that you're. With that. I'm glad that you're setting it straight. So anyway, that's what these guys are reporting. But Mark, put it this way: I'll show you the text from Mark Hale. And the guys from the post texting me trying to find out what's going on. So you can end the post. You know what you guys need to do? Throw the post in the trash. All right, good. We'll, we'll pee on the post yeah, right after we're done with this. But, uh, yeah, so, no, you know what it is. You know, the I was ta- I was texting with an, an another ex-player about this, and it's like, you know, not that he was the biggest Matt Harvey fan, but he was saying that the press is such a way of building you up and then tearing you down when you're not doing good. And, you know, it's kind of the same thing where with Syndergaard, Last week, when he didn't want to talk about the uh, the MRI with the press, and you know, kind of had words with with them about Harwitz being, you know, whatever, with uh, the press being the minions, and it's kind of the type of thing where these guys are getting so big for their britches, and I don't know if, if it's getting to their heads or whatnot, but you got results count, you know, results are the only thing that matters, and you know, as far as to your employer and the fans, you know what I mean? Well, you make a, just a phenomenal point. Be honest with you, Darren, because it results matter. It, it's all that matters. And what have you done for me lately? It's, yeah, totally. You know, the other thing, and that's just the bottom line. I mean, you could have a kid come up and go five for ten and and hit five broken bats, and a kid come up and hit ten absolute rockets, go over ten and get sent down. But it's about results. You make a great point, and that's all the team wants. So, um, you know, when it when it comes to the media there in New York, they're just they're relentless, number one, and that's just the bottom line. And the issues I always have with them is, is you have the good guys in there, and you're going to have the guys that want to stir things up. And because, you know, you have to keep everything fresh in New York. They want to try to stir things up and turn things against guys and things like that. And that's the problem with a guy like with Matt. Like, that would just I – mean, if he would have walked in – a lot of people are, like, like, are tweeting at me. I've been tweeting at me, oh, if he would have walked in – you would have said I would have said something. He wouldn't even have got past my locker. Uh, Carlos Delgado would have said something to him first. Billy Wagner would have said something to him second. Tom Glavin would have said something to him third. He wouldn't even have got to my locker. So, you know, we had like four or five guys. So the problem that you have is you have nobody in there in the clubhouse that's saying something to the media as well. I yelled at those guys constantly. There's a couple times I hung from my locker. I got strep throat. So, you know, I'm not talking today. <laughs> Listen, as a player, there's some days you can just tell those guys, you know what, go home. You don't have to answer the questions all the time. But when the heat is on you, stand in front of your locker like a man and answer the questions. If it's an off day, I don't need to answer any questions. It's my off day. But there's certain times, certain place for everything. But you make a great point. There's got to be an accountability. And, and, and there's certain kids in there now. They're letting, first of all, they're letting too many kids in the in in the locker room, um, and the credentialed guys that are in there now, um, 
you're getting certain hacks in there that are just feeding off the other stories. So you got to be careful what you say. You really can't win anymore. Um, and I understand the way David plays the media game because he plays it straight like at a Bull Durham. Take it one day at a time. We'll get him tomorrow. He's just so bland with his answers. But I get why he's bland with his answers because of the New York media, the way they spin things. But at some point, you're the guy in there, man. You need to – someone needs to blow that dude up. You know, it's funny too. And, the... and that's that, – and that's and, and I'm, and I'm at, that's me being a friend of Matt. I'm, I'm saying someone needs to blow him up in there. No, yeah. I mean, and as fans too, I mean, a lot of fans I feel like are going to boo the guy when he comes back. But like that's not the way I – I don't play the game like that. I mean, I'm a Mets fan and I, I cheer for the team. And I'm hoping that he gets back to being – the dark night type player because we need that. We don't need this guy being drunk and missing, missing starts or whatever, or getting suspended. But, you know, you also bring up the, the, the press and the way they, they are with certain players, you know, Reyes had his struggles and, you know, his off field stuff and the suspension and all that. He was going through a tough start in the beginning of the season and he was getting hammered. You know, are we going to send this guy down? Just DFA the guy, whatever. Granderson at the same time was basically hitting Nothing either, but you didn't hear his name at all because maybe because that's the way that he has a nice rapport with the press. So it's like it depends on the player and the scenario and the situation where some guys get thrashed and some guys don't. So it's just uh, yeah, it's 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 a tough man. It's a tough sport. No, you make a good point. You make a very good point. And then Jose making uh, uh, you know made a bold statement when you got to make you can't make statements anymore when you're not the player that you were in 2006. So um, and I understand the pitching um, was going to be the difference. But it, it was wishful thinking for all of us. We all thought of us as, as Mets fans. Um, you know, were all these guys going to be healthy um, to start the year when none of them have been healthy at the same time? And I just think a lot of us had wishful thinking because of that. Um, you know, the bright side about this, the start of the season, you always got to take the bright side about these things because when you have injuries, you have other guys that, that get they get chances to play. And to me, Michael Conforto now is now ever, ever coming out of the lineup. And I think that's what every Met fan wanted to see. Oh, hell yeah. I think every Met fan wanted to see him progress. And to me, I've, I've always said he's got the most upside of any Met player by far. And he could be a, a, a superstar if they just let him roll. So I think this is a good thing that he gets to play. Um, and you're going to get to see some more arms as well. So I think Conforto, and you know, to be honest with you, I wish Jay would have hit like this toward the end of the year, but I think Jay's showing, um, you know, he's still, he's pretty good. You have to adjust. Listen, he went from a ballpark in Cincinnati where it's a good hitters ballpark to city, little different. So he had to adjust his game a little bit, but he's showing now this year that, you know, he can hit a little bit and he's playing well. Yeah. He touched on Conforto there for a second. People are saying I'm a jinx. I designed a t-shirt and I said the next time he hits a home run, that's when it's going on the site. So like it's, it's up on the site. It's ready to go. So every time he's at bat, people are tweeting us like, Hey, is this going to be the time where we actually get to buy the shirt? So yeah. he's been playing well though. I mean, it's not like he's been slumping the past week. He just hasn't hit any bombs. So um, anyway, orange and blue thing, episode 20, talking with former Mets all-star Paul Aduka. And Paul, I wish we could show that uh, double play at home, but we don't have the rights to it. And I don't want to get in trouble here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I was at that game and that was very exciting for me to be at every, like, I couldn't afford to hit the playoffs, but you know, until then, you know, I was delivering pizzas and saving money and bartending and this and that. So in 2006, I went to every single playoff game, uh, you know, I had my World Series tickets printed. Unfortunately, I didn't get to use them. But, um, yeah, that game was electric. And uh... let's talk about 2006. So uh, we because uh. we should we should talk about the 06, 07 stretch because you were there. And obviously it's a big point of contention for, for some Mets fans. I thought that the 2006 year was the year. I was like con totally convinced. 
So I want to know, did you guys in the clubhouse think that was your year, your world title, and, and are you kind of shocked that it, that you didn't beat the Cardinals and, and go on to play Detroit? I think every, all of us are, are still shocked. Um, I, and then after Andy caught the ball, I still don't know how he lost the game. Yeah. But uh, it's one of those things where it's not meant to be. But, yeah, I was the best team. I mean, it was just, just a, it was a bomb squad. It was the best uh, best offensive team I ever played on. I mean, you had Jose Reyes at his powers in, in um, his prime. You know, I was at the end of my career, um, but, you know, I didn't have to do much because I could handle the bat in the two-hole. Um, and, you know, not towards the end of my career, but I was backing in a little bit, at least catching-wise. But then I had, like, then you had Beltran, who was at the height of his powers. Um, David Wright, the height of his powers in his career. And Delgado, maybe towards the tail end, but still pretty darn good. And then you had Moises Salou and, and Sean. I mean, you can go on and on. Maybe Xavier Nady, obviously, in the beginning of the year. And I still contend to this day, I mean, if if, if uh, Dwaner Sanchez doesn't get in that cab, we don't lose. I mean, we do not lose. And it's just is our bullpen got a little bit lighter, and we lost that series in game two um, when Spizio hit the ball off the wall, off, off Moda, that, losing that game because we should have been up 2 nothing, But That was the big game of the series, I think. I mean, because oh, 100%. Yeah. You, I think yeah. you guys put up – I think they scored a run in the first, but then you, I, Delgado hit, I'm pretty sure, a, a three-run homer in the first. So yes. I, yeah, so yeah. it was – and I think you were up 4-2 for most of the game, and I know, you, like you mentioned, they tied it on that, that Spizio triple, which was two with two outs off, off Moda. Um, and then the Sotoguchi home run, which I I, I think shocked everybody. I, we I was there that night. Obviously, I remember pretty well. And I mean, that was just the game of the series. Everybody points to Game Seven and Beltron and and whatever. But even the even right. the sixth inning of Game Seven, where where Jose had a chance to um, Valentin, that is, uh, with yeah. bases loaded and one out. But yeah, this, that's where we lost the game. There's two. Yeah. you you just you drilled it. I mean, that's just. See, I can talk baseball with people like you, man. Thank Dude, you. this guy, like, uh, I, I feel ba- I feel weird sitting next to Brian. Like, we first started this show. This is our 20th episode, but we sit down here, and I'm more of, like, the idea guy with, like, the shirts and the organization for the outings and the, the guy that, like, wants to crush beers and whatever. He just remembers all that shit. He wasn't even playing in the game. You you know this because you were there and you were a player. He remembers shit. There's no – these notes here are for, like, questions we're going to ask you. There's nothing here about a game, and he can tell you, like, everything. Yeah. I, it's crazy. It, Okay, so there are two threads, but hey, hold on, I'll show you this because I'm in my game room. As you can see, if you look at it up here, oh, nice. that's original, yeah. yeah, that's the original poster that Sports Illustrated uh, gave us all, and we all got to sign it. Um, so it's hanging up here. But um, yeah, so game two, uh, Spezio is up, and if you go back and you watch game two, I I, I was calling cha- I called change up seven times. And um, he kept shaking me off. And I went to the mound. Uh, I stood up once, and then I went to the mound. And I'm like, uh, um, Guillermo, uh, you know, what's going on? What, what, what do you want? I go, no, I, I want a fastball. I want a fastball. I want a fastball up. I want a fastball up. I want a fastball up. I'm like, okay. I go, I go, why? And he's like, I want a fastball up. I want. To, he's, he's so insistent on throwing a fastball. And I was like, okay, no problem. I said, but here's the deal. We're throwing a fastball nowhere near the zone, and then we're coming back with all change-ups. That's it. Yeah. I said, he goes, okay, okay, okay. And I'm like, uh, all right. So I'm walking back to home plate. I set up about a foot outside, and 
if I remember, I had the target up. He threw it right down the middle and dead low. And Spezio was a dead low ball hitter, and he hit a bullet off the right field wall. And I remember putting my head down and just, like, telling myself, like, because, you know, sometimes I always wanted to beat, beat something over the pitcher, like, no, no, no. But there's sometimes you're wrong, too. And, and, and to me, I always told myself I wanted a – Pitcher to throw, even if it was the wrong pitch, to throw it with conviction, then the right pitch with non-conviction. And that was my thought process in that moment. And that cost us the game. And then, you know, the Sotoguchi home run, you know, he, I, I still feel that was sort of on me too because he owned Billy Wagner. Yeah. If you go look at those stats, he owned them. And I wanted to actually stay away from him. I wanted to actually throw him some breaking balls and some other stuff. And if we had walked him at the time, we walked him at the time. But I was a little worried, too, because he could run and this like that. And then, boom, he hits a home run. So um, there was just a couple things. And then after Andy caught the ball, we loaded the bases with nobody out, and we didn't score. Yeah. It was the double It was the double mo. It was yeah. a double momentum where we had so much momentum. Shea was literally shaking. I, I never – and I'm getting chills now as I talk about it. It's shaking to – Having the bases loaded right after that with nobody out and not scoring, and it almost like Shea went completely silent. It was like, like I said, the double reverse mo and. Yeah, that sucked, oh, man. man. I was I was actually it was, sitting it was in one of those nights. I was sitting in the last row of the mezzanine for that catch, and if you ever been up there, you actually had to like duck down to see. You couldn't see the scoreboard yeah. or anything from from those. There were seats in the house, but that's the only thing I could find. So I'm sitting there like this. <laughs> And I see the catch, I'm like, holy shit. And you're right, like, the, the, the upper deck was seriously moving. And I was like, well, you know, if this is how, I, how it ends, it's a pretty good, good way to yeah. go out. But, yeah, and then, the, obviously, after the game, we were walking back to the car and it started raining. It was just, like, add insult to injury. The game, yeah, you know, it, it sucked. Really but was. I remember that was raining on the way home. I'm reading the comments now. Everyone's like, man, we're so depressed now. Yeah. We're trying to – Well, <laughs> let, me, let, me be, let me be the Debbie Downer one last time because I do want to ask this. We talked so much about clubhouse dynamics uh, over the last, whatever, 20 minutes – that I really want to know after 2007. I don't want to bring up another painful memory. It's 10 years later. Uh, I want to mention this I did look up. Um, Paul hit 291 with four homers and 21 RBIs in 25 games September of 2007. So while the whole team was kind of melting down, Paul and David Wright, who I think hit like 350 over that stretch, were going strong as ever. All I want to know is you lose that game 8-1 to the Marlins afterwards. Is everybody just getting out of there as quick as possible, or does somebody stand up and say, "Listen, guys, next year this is going to be our year. Next year we'll finish the job, whatever." Um, what was what was the scene like after that? Because fans have no idea about clubhouse stuff. What what was that like? Oh, I knew I loved you for a reason. <laughs> um, that was tough, man. You know, two thousand seven. You know, after oh six to to come down to oh seven, and the part about it was is like. They let go of all the guys besides David that did well down the stretch yeah. in 07. I didn't even get a call back. To this day, I still have yet to get the call back. Now, you know, now I've also I've talked to Jeff, and we've ironed a lot of things out. And like I said, I'm a Mets fan, and I come to the games, and Jeff and I talk to each other. But I was pissed, man. Yeah. I was really pissed because to me, like you said, I was rolling in September and had a couple games in Washington. I had a two home run game in Cincinnati. Um, and 
you know, guys were just, they were handkerchiefing and they were choking. I'm like, and I remember talking to the team at one day. I'm like, what is going on? We need to get our shit together. We need to get going. I mean, um, Delgado had a, had a team meeting at, uh, one day. So, um, that was a rough year because to me, I thought we were a better team than we were in 06 on paper, but the chemistry had gone away. Pedro was hurt and, um, Pedro was hurt. No, that's the thing about Pedro. I love Pedro tweeting. The Mets are always riddled by injuries. I'm like, bro, you're the one that was hurt. No six. Can't break. <laughs> so, um, so, um, you know, you know, Pedro was hurt. El Duque was hurt. You know, we were on fumes, man. Phil, Phil Hughes came up and, and, you know, a lot of those guys were trying. John Main was in and out. Oliver Perez was just inconsistent. You gotta understand in 06, we were rolling with those guys that were like, you, you were literally at the at, at the Vegas crab table rolling the dice, what you were getting, and we were trying to get to the bullpen. But the thing was, in, in 06 to 07 was, our bullpen wasn't the same. I, I don't know why, like, they decided not to, you know, come back with Bradford and Darren Oliver, all these guys that were just so solid. And it's just like, I, I don't know. I, I still, to this day, I don't know why I, did, why I didn't get a call back. Or why a lot of guys didn't. I had, I understood that I was at the tail end of my career and I got it, but a call would have been nice. Um, 07 was painful, man. It really was. That was like just walking out of the clubhouse. And then I felt sorry for Tom because Tom Glab takes a lot of heat to this day because of that one game. But that game, that one game wasn't when we were collapsed. If we would have gone to the playoffs, we would have got beat. The clubhouse was a little going the other way. Um, and I, I just feel Tommy takes a lot of heat for a guy that was a glue in that locker room and one of the best teammates. And you talk about a professional teammate, um, one of the best teammates I ever played with. Well, let me let me ask you a really quick question. I just before we get to our last question here, I was um, going to say before we move on from that, I think the Tom thing. I don't think it was more the the results of that day. It was more so the comments afterwards that kind of yeah, hit home thing, to the yeah. fans. It was like, well, you know, it's, it was almost like no yeah. big deal, you know, and and not to people that are sitting in the stands, you know, well, the, they don't want to hear that, you know? Well, the problem was, is the year before, you know, when guys weren't succeeding in certain spots, they didn't stand in front of the camera. So, you know, I, I hate, you know, you know, talking crap about guys, but listen, when you, you strike out in a big moment or something in the big moment, you got to stand in front of the camera. And I think a lot of guys weren't doing that. And I think that was Tom's approach. Like, you know what? I just got lit up. I don't want to talk about it. We're going home because nobody else is talking about it. You know, I mean, there was multiple, multiple times where I had days off and got, you know, it got bad in 07 where guys were coming to my locker room. I'm like, I didn't even play. What are you guys doing? That was Go gonna... over there. And that's when it got overblown. I said they speak English, and they took it as it was a racist thing, and it wasn't. I'm like, no, go over there. Everybody else in here speaks English. And, of course, it got published as mm. me. So I stood in front of the guys and told them, you guys know I'm not like that at all. And here's the crazy part. I was married to a Hispanic. I'm like, you guys are all <laughs> out of your mind, so you're blowing it out of proportion. But that's what ends up happening when stuff like that goes on. You know, the whole dildo thing in the clubhouse. Stuff like that happens, but the thing is, it shouldn't be out in public. Because the media is, is in the is just in the clubhouse way too long, and that's probably it's hard to get a lot of guys out of there. But they should be in there for a certain time and out. That's it. And here's the other thing: we're in 2017. You can't bring dildos in the clubhouse. There's way too many women in the media. It's just I'm sorry, you can't pull that kind of stuff anymore. 
You used to be able to do it. You just can't anymore. And listen, how old are you guys? And how much money are you making? Just get the dildo out of the locker room. You know, so certain certain times you need to certain things and certain things stay in your lane, and certain things you just can't do. You know, I think that's a T-shirt in the making. Just get the dildo out of the locker room. <laughs> right? There you go. Yeah. All right, man. So uh, before I let you go, it's ten years later. We're hoping uh, 2017 ends up a little bit better. Um, so can you give us a, qu- a quick prediction? Obviously, a lot of guys are on the shelf right now. Injuries happen, and you know it's a long season. So what do you what do you see is going to happen the rest of the season? Do you have any predictions? Do you think we get back to the postseason? What are you feeling? Well, to me, I think they still got a big shot. They're the second best team in the East by far. I mean, it's not even close. Um, you know, Miami with the loss of Fernandez, the franchise. In you know, it's a devastating loss for the Cuban community in Miami, first of all. You know, when I played there, it was fun to play there, and it really was. And um, that's a big loss to them. I think they're going to be set back. Atlanta's still not good. Um, so, obviously, the Nationals are the team to beat. But no one wants to face the Mets when they're, when, when they're healthy. I said the same thing when we were in – when I was in Florida. We had Beckett, Burnett. Um and, Brad and Dontrell Willis when he was beast yeah. before he got hurt. And we were like just short of making the playoffs. And I remember like the last 10 days I would tell guys, come on, no one wants to face you three in the playoffs. And I would point to those three and try to pump up the guys, you know, stuff like that. And it's the same thing with the Mets, you know, if they somehow get in the playoffs, no one wants to face those guys, you know, you know, hopefully, you know, the thing with Matt, just, it goes away. Everything with time heals everything. Sure. And his teammates will forgive him. He's going to have to probably stand in front of his teammates and tell them, listen, we all did some stuff. We've all done some stuff. I've stood in front of my teammates many times, but you got to stand in front of the media at some point. You got to stand, stand in front of the media. You can't, the other things, you can't file a grievance before you even say anything. What's the grievance? I mean, the grievance is you had a migraine, so you couldn't drive. So you're basically saying you couldn't operate a car, but you could still operate a phone. It makes no sense. Yeah. So, and here's the thing: is he'll probably win it no, because well. the players' association is pretty darn good. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and when you suspend a guy, like I said, you know, you should probably suspend him a little bit more than than one start, but you need him. So hopefully everything comes back. Yeah, hopefully this is kind of like the the, the what did I say? The straw that breaks the camel's back, and then you know he gets back here's on track. Thing, you don't and... need to be friends with guys. I see this all the time. I didn't go out with a lot of guys I play with. I don't need to be friends with you off the field. That's fine. But just do the right thing and pitch, and we're good to go. If, if you're hitting 350, I don't care if you're the biggest jerk in the world. I don't care. You could go by and tell my, uh, you know, tell my dad he's a dick or whatever. I don't care. You keep hitting 350. We keep winning games. Because you know what <laughs> ends up happening? When you win games, they don't want to break up teams. So, you know, when, when stuff like this happens – it's not going to be like Matt Harvey gone. It's going to be another guy gone and another guy gone because things are not working out. People don't realize that when you win as a team, 2006 and 2007, you think we win? You think they break up those teams that quickly the way they broke them up? They don't. They, they keep. We would have kept rolling to 08, 09. I would have would have never went to Washington. They would have never gave me an excuse. I mean, you guys would have went nuts if we would have broken up those teams if we would have won. Absolutely. So that's what happened. So that's what that's what. The people don't understand, and I think a lot of the, the people in the mainstream media talking about he was drunk. He was not out drunk. He was not at the Ranger game. He's not at this game. He was just non-respondent and decided not to come to the ballpark. That's it. There was nothing else going on, believe me. 
Well, let's hope they keep it rolling. Paul, thanks so much for joining us. Great stuff, man. We really appreciate it, and hopefully we'll uh, see you out at City Field soon. Sounds good, guys, yeah. man. I'll be out there. I'm going to be out there for the uh, Brooklyn Cycle and um, charity thing for Boomer and Carton on Wednesday. Um, May 17th, so. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, come down. You got to tailgate with us, man. I mean, coming to the section's cool, but you got to, the, the real fun the starts in the parking lot. So that's it. Definitely come tailgate next time you're at a game. Okay, you got to bring me some bourbon. I'll, I'll bring my own bourbon. I'll bring some Basil Hayden for everybody. Yeah, and, I, and I promise I won't bother you with any more uh, horse racing picks. I know I was hitting you up last year, and you're like, hey, bet no, this no, way. No worries. <laughs> we glad he didn't hit me up this year. My horse, well, I actually like to always dream a little bit. My other horse, Gunnivera, didn't. Uh, run that well so good good thing you didn't hit me up this year but hopefully <laughs> next year we'll get the derby winner but i'll be out there for the belmont for sure and i'll be definitely by city field and i just want to say hi to all the med fans they're always great to me all right man awesome. we appreciate the time thanks a lot thanks guys thanks paul paul aduca former new york mets catcher and a as you can see very opinionated guy i love that man that was awesome that was great. And sorry we didn't get to a lot of the Facebook comments. We're kind of running quick, we're running short on time already. Yeah. Not that we're on a structured schedule. There's no game at 1030 in the morning. But I do still have to pack, and we do have to get to Queens for our outing tonight. And I do have to go to work for a little bit as well. So yes. Got a, lot, got a lot on my plate today, and I didn't do any of it I have it a yet. lunch date with my wife. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, he took the day off. I got yeah. to get ready for, for my vacation. But um, we did get some voice memos this week. And since we were talking about... Harvey, this is still pretty relevant here, so let's get to this first one here. It's actually a video voice memo, which is cool. We keep telling you guys you can send videos, you can send questions, whatever the hell you want. We'll pretty much answer anything as long as it's somewhat relevant to what we got going on. Uh, Where is it? Here we go. What's up, guys? Rob Savage at MrMet74 here. I just want to know if you guys think the Mets fans should boo Matt Harvey or should they welcome back to try and get him back on track? Thanks very much. You, Rob Savage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dig it, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, no, I, I'm not going to boo him. But I mean, I'm probably not going to cheer him for a couple games. I, I like, I'm really frustrated with Matt. But um, but I support him, man. I hope, I hope he he does his thing. Uh, an effective Matt Harvey is what's going to get the job done for the Mets. So I, I, I they need to. That's why I wasn't uh, uh, disappointed that they are holding him off till Friday in Milwaukee. Let everything fade. Yeah. If he goes out and throws seven shot innings in Milwaukee, throws a no hitter. Yeah. Or yeah. Or, <laughs> or throws a no no or something like that. No one's going to care when when they come back. It's going to be all's forgiven. So. Listen, winning cures all, yeah, as you Results, like we were just talking to Paul, results are the only thing that matters. But, you know, it's the kind of thing where last year we did plan that impromptu trip to D.C. when everyone was down on Harvey, and we only went for him. And it's kind of, you know, it's disappointing hearing that this guy isn't as serious about being a big league baseball player and winning baseball games. Migraine or not, like Paul said, it doesn't take that long to send a text message. Who knows? Things will come out in the next couple of days, I'm sure. Last night I read a story that... The Mets actually sent a couple of security guys to his house to check on him on Saturday night just yeah. to make sure. And he was there. So it's not like he was out doing something else. Who the hell knows what's going on? I'm just – I don't want to boo any of our players. I didn't boo Jason Bay. I'm certainly not going not to boo Matt Harvey. Um, you know, shit happens. He's a Met. We need him to win. We need all these guys to produce. And results matter. And that's, that's what I care about. So, no, I'm not going to boo Matt Harvey. I know, I know people will. But yeah. let's see. It's just not our thing. We've but imagine, said that before. imagine, imagine 
This Friday, he throws a no-hitter, and then the next day, people are lined up at Models to buy the no-hitter T-shirt from, oh, well, you, you know, know, you that know that majestic happen. drops. Yeah. So it's the kind of thing where it's a what have you done for me lately, lately type of, type of uh, scenario for sports in general. So we'll see what happens. We did get a cool voice memo from Ireland. Let's get to this one. Hey, guys. Les here, a lifelong Mets fan from Ireland. Uh, a few years ago, Bud Sealy came up with a radical realignment plan, which would basically have turned the American League and the National League into Eastern and Western conferences. Uh, so what I'm asking is, would you like to see the Mets and the Yankees in the same division playing 18 times a year, a bit like the old Brooklyn-New uh, York Giants rivalry back in the day? That's, that's cool. Well, two things. It's One, awesome that yes. we're getting some voice memos from Ireland, and two, I didn't even hear about this. Yeah, so, I, didn't, I don't remember... Bud specifically talking about this when he was commissioner, but that could I could just have missed it. Um, yeah, I it, I mean that would certainly be interesting. I know that a lot of people have talked about how conferences and divisions are kind of antiquated notions. It maybe the top just the top ten teams should qualify for the playoffs, and that's it. I don't love that because especially I do. with all the interleague right now, so it's almost like yeah. every day there's an interleague game. So it's it's not as NL East, NL West. You know, it's the East West might not be a bad idea, but then obviously we all have to adopt the same rules. The the DH either stays across the yeah. board or goes out the window. But you know, a lot of things have been happening lately that we never thought would happen. And um, you know, the the four pitch walk, like rules are changing. So who knows what the hell's going to happen? Like you mentioned, everyday interleague. You know, everyday interleague is a big thing. And I do one one thing. I mean, that would be cool because. I think the only New York sports rivalry that really means anything is Islanders Rangers, and that's because they play five times a year and they're in the same division. Uh, although that certainly doesn't help the Knicks and the Nets. Um, I, I think that yeah, playing the Yankees eighteen times would surely make the rivalry bigger. Um, but what's going to bring that up? Do you think that um, is as an Islander fan? You know what? We talked about this a bunch of times. I, I'm I'm a casual hockey fan. I don't get super into it. But mm -hmm. are you as excited for a, a an Islander um, Ranger game as you, you would be a Subway Series. I'm far more excited about Islanders Rangers really? games. Oh, so yeah. if the Mets did play more often with like it would, you know, I get a little bit more fired up when we're playing the Nationals. So you think it would be like that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. And especially then it would be serious. Like who's who's the best in New York? Exactly. You know, it's mean? the kind of thing where every single day it would be such a big news story too. Like it would be it would be great for the for the sport. I think I think that would certainly. But listen, the one thing I if it ever happens, it would really be interesting. Um, so it'd be cool. Um, the one thing I do think they need to fix in the existing schedule is they need to balance out the schedule. There's no reason they need to play the, the Nationals 18 times and the Giants six times. I think that's just ridiculous, um, especially because if you structure these schedules like this, you really – all that – each division being good is cyclical. But I think they do it on purpose. You can't play the Giants that many more times. You're not going to travel across the country for two separate long road trips. But, you know, but, I mean, you but, could. But, but, but I was going to say, but what, the only reason it's like this is to artificially manufacture regional rivalries. So, like, the the only reason why it's like that is so that, hey, there'll be more juice in a Mets-Marlins series. I, don't, I couldn't care less. I'd rather see them – I'd rather see the Giants come in one more time a year and get to see guys we don't see all the time than see Giancarlo Stanton 85 times a year, you know? what I mean? It yeah. just doesn't do it for me. All right, so we got one a little bit lighter here from, from our boy Rally Man. Greetings, fellas. How's it going? Now, between the two of you, who would win in a dance-off? Hmm, maybe we can find out later tonight. And as always, <laughs> this is your Rally Man from 515. 
and the Big Apple Reserve. Nice. <laughs> boy. Atta boy. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. Who would win in a dance-off? Do you dance? Not me. I don't like dancing. Okay, so and, I um, guess then I would win by default. You know, I dan- I do the slow dances because, you know, I, I want to try to be a somewhat good husband at a wedding. Because it's swaying and hugging. I'm the, not a big know, dancer. So. I, I leave that to Shu. Shu does, okay. does his moves. But do you, what about you? No, I, I dance, you know, at weddings and stuff like that. I used but, to dance at the like the eighth grade, um, yeah. you know, at the, like the school dances. Yeah. And it was like when reggae was like... <sighs> Out of mercy. It was like, you know, like the, you do like the whole, like, get over here on the knee. Yeah. <laughs> I actually do have pretty decent rhythm. I know, Craig Kramer, I see you that you think Darren would win. I Believe it or not, I, I have some decent rhythm. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with you on that one. So um, I saw something funny last night. I showed it to you prior to going on, and you hadn't seen it yet. So we uh, sometimes like to highlight a clip of the week, and this one comes from Sports Illustrated. It's pretty funny. Check it out. That's excellent. <laughs> yeah, That's excellent. that must have taken a lot of time. I've done some motion graphics stuff like that before, and like to move the head around, yeah. like it must. Have t- I don't know who did that for Sports Illustrated, but it came out freaking awesome. Well done. Um, you know, if you don't know, if you've never seen that movie, you you better uh, climb out of that rock you live under and go watch yeah. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. But uh, classic scene. Ferris spent the day, which was the long. Have you seen the movie? Probably. Mm-hmm. I used to watch it all the time. That's the longest day ever. I know. <laughs> I know. You know, there's like 85 things. In they one wake day. up. He goes to Cameron's house. They break the uh, the girlfriend out of the um, the school. Out of the school. They go to go a museum. They Wrigley. go to lunch. They go to a Wrigley game. They go to uh, parade. the parade. Uh, they go swimming. That? They go, they go swimming. swimming afterwards, and like Cameron wants to kill himself. <laughs> and Cameron was a very in, e- in Egypt's land. <laughs> Egypt. Let my Cameron, Cameron go. go. Yes, great movie, yes. but impossible. That would have been like three days worth of activities jammed into like eight hours. Because when he runs home right there, it's still it's still sunny out, yeah. and his parents come home from work like, hey, yeah, how yeah, yeah. you feeling? So that was basically nine to five. They went to a game, yeah. a museum, lunch, swimming. Um, that joyride, that car, like, give me a break. But anyway, great movie. Much. <laughs> uh, the Sausage King of Chicago. Yeah. Uh, last but not least, a couple more things here. We are going to get to some Facebook questions if you have any. Tonight, outing number 66. Let's go big. Let's go hard. Let's get loud. We are going to be at McFadden's prior to going in, but there is some unfortunate news I need to let you guys in on. McFadden's is crushing it on the $2 beers, but they're making absolutely no money. Yes. So I guess the hope was kind of like when you go to a wing night, it's like five cent wings, 10 cent wings. People go in and buy other stuff like burgers or uh, shots or appetizers. And no one's doing that. And I can't blame them. You go there, have a couple beers and go into the game. So they might have to raise the prices, but I got them to agree that at least for tonight, it still will be the $2 Bud Lights. Um, and then the other specials are the $4 any draft and $5 mixers. So all you got to do is walk in, 
Show them that you're wearing something from the seven line, a hat, a shirt, a sweatshirt, whatever. They're not mind readers. So if you're wearing one of the jackets that doesn't have the T7L on the inside, you got to show it to them. They're not just going to give you a 75% off beer because, you know, you tell them that they take your word for it. Also, it's one drink per person per order. So if Brian and I go up together, I can order two beers. You can't go up and order two for yourself. So use common sense. Don't make their jobs any harder than they already are back there. When the bar is packed, it's very hard for them to keep track of who's wearing what, obviously. And now that you guys know this might be the last night, I think they're going to be freaking slammed tonight. Another thing, I don't know if Dre is coming prior, but we've never taken any sort of group photo at McFadden. So I think we should change that. Cool. So before we go in, look for us or someone vocal, maybe Becca, that wants to get loud and say, hey, group photo. Let's try to get a photo together and be in the seats in time for the national anthem. Um, We are there for the game. The hangout is a great time. The mingling is such a huge part of the group. So if this is your first time, come down, introduce yourself. If you see Brian or myself or anyone that you might recognize from the documentary or, or Lizzie or Andrew or whoever, say what's up. We're very friendly people. We're not going to beat you in to be part of the group. Just come and say what's up. Say, hey, I'm Jeff from Selden, and I'm, I'm here to crush beers and, and watch the Mets. And that's it. And that's it. So just come on down and hang it's out. It's like an opposite AA meeting. <laughs> yeah. uh, Car- Carolyn Alonzo wants to know what time do we usually stay at McFadden's until we try to be in our seats by the national anthem. Yeah, so, so um, let's try to leave McFadden's by like 630 tonight yeah. um, and be in the seats in time for the game. I'm going to get there around 4 o'clock. Um, if you are joining us on the single game side of it, like if you're not a season ticket member, we do urge you to wear orange. The packages don't come with t-shirts anymore. It comes with a special event rally towel that has the date, the game and who we're playing. If you want to bring that, that's cool. And also a special pin that we're never going to sell separately. So now it's ticket pin and towel, um, shirts. You just wear whatever that you want. We, we urge you to wear orange if you'd like to wear orange. And, um, that's pretty much it. Just come down and hang out. Um, Andrew Weckerly wants to know: Do you think as Drupal Cabrera will play tonight? I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't want them to. I think yeah, that they, they shouldn't push it. No. Um, you know, leave TJ really Rivera like out the, there. They pinch hit him last night. They did. No, no. I, I, then he had to like, run. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then he had to actually try to bust down the line because it was end up hitting into a double play. It's yeah. like let this guy rest. You yeah. know, they're winning right now. Don't push it. Reynolds is there. I mean, I understand that it was uh, it would have been a righty righty matchup, but that's not a big deal. Um, Rob Montana wants to know just how quickly will the Conforto shirt be up after his next home run? Uh, that's going to be tough because if it happens tonight, we don't have anyone behind the scenes. It's me and Lizzie, and we're both going to be at the game. So I know the quantities. They're in my phone. It's not a pre-sale. The shirts are ready. They're ready to go. We saw, you know, that they're being printed right now as, as we're doing this show, they're printed right now. So they are ready to go. It's not something where it's like a pre-sale where we're taking orders and then shipping them, you know, whenever, um, if I can get an internet connection, I'll do it immediately. You know, bear with me if it happens tonight and we're at the game. Obviously, it might be a couple of minutes later, so don't jump off the Shea Bridge if it's not up immediately if you're at home. Don't jump off the Shea Bridge no matter what. Yeah, no matter what. Yeah. Try to try to, yeah, try to enjoy try the rest of your days. Continues. <laughs> uh, two more. Uh, James Williams wants to know, um, timeline on Subway Series tickets for City Field going on sale. Oh, man, I'm not exactly sure yet. We did announce that the Houston tickets go up on the 16th at 8 p.m. at night. That's going to be first. Um, Just trying to get the away ones over with. That's our last away game of the year. And then I'll start concentrating more on the home games. Uh, We are sold out up until August. And if you haven't been paying attention, we're not going to the Bronx anymore. If you want to know about that, just watch one of the older episodes or search our blog on the 7 But we're not going to the Bronx. There are going to be two outings at City Field. 
and we're going to try to plan some sort of uh, gathering of our group for the away ones at a bar or something. Maybe we'll even do a live show there for, for this orange and blue thing. So, um, Anyway, if you enjoyed the show. One more, one more. One oh, more we got question. another one? Yeah, yeah, final, last one. You you sent that tweet out the other day about me and the away outing. Oh, yeah, dude. Craig, Craig wants to know, are you going to kidnap me to an away outing <laughs> at some point? Uh, to your credit, you had a lot of shit going on. You tried to come down to D.C. The planning this year just wasn't didn't happen. I wish you were there. It was a good game. I but, wish I was there, too. Um, are you coming to the Cyclones one? I think so, yeah. All right, a safety ticket for that. So that's okay, not cool. technically an away one, but it's not at but City see, Field. All right, so it's an away go. gathering that's not at City Field. So, yeah, if you've never experienced – like, honestly, you've been to the home ones. You think they're fun? I think oh, the away yeah. games are, tw- like, yeah. twice as fun. What people don't know is – Because, like, we go there, and we might not ever go back. Yeah. So it's the kind of thing where it's like, we're going to go back to D.C. every year now, I think. But, like, when we go to Houston in September, we're probably not going back to Houston. Like, we are going to start doing repeats. I definitely want to go back to Wrigley because that's always a good time. And since it's first come, first serve with the bleachers, we just yeah. get there first and take our spot. Um, you know what might be next year? Um, Fenway. I know. I'm already on the ball with that. Cool. I'm, I'm already. I'm already talking to them and um, trying to figure that out. I mean, the, there's not that many available seats there, no. and um, it's such an old ballpark. There aren't sections that are kind of dedicated to groups there. Right. It might be tough. You know, um, even if we got the top of the of of, of the monster, yeah. that's only like a hundred seats or something. Yeah. So it's we don't want to make like an exclusive group. Um, what, what, so we'll have to figure that out. What people don't know Definitely about Miami though, we're yeah, gonna go back. I, we were Everybody almost, asks all the time about. We Miami. were gonna almost go back this year and then it just didn't work out with the planning then it was also um easter weekend yeah so we axed that out i didn't look at the schedule prior to you know to kind of committing to that so after this year we have um we have arizona cincinnati and la Mm -hmm. and then we'll start repeating so who knows what people don't know about my situation is i did play competitive baseball until two years ago and i always had double headers on saturdays so the outings are always on saturdays even like the city field outings i only been at like the first one for a while and then it just so aligned that I stopped playing after the 2015 season. We started to take a package in 2016, so it kind of worked out that way. So Some people are asking if um, if we do go to Boston, would it be a bus trip? I might plan a bus trip, but I'd probably stay. I probably wouldn't do the bus. I have some family in Boston. Boston's a great city. And yeah, if, I mean, yeah. definitely, like, you know, bus trip to D.C. is one thing. You know, if you want to go down and sightsee in D.C., you know, um, that's, that's another story. But, um, like, going to Philly – um, as a bus trip whenever we went back back in 2014. But I think for Boston, I think we should go and stay for the weekend. Um, you know, do the outing game on like a Saturday, go on Friday anyway. And it's so close, you know? Yeah, it's, it's really close. And the city is... So much fun, and you know, for all their all the heat it took in the last week, um, a really great place. Obviously, a, ton, a big college town with with a ton of different universities up there. So it's good, great for young people and people that want to go out and stuff like that. So have you been to Fenway? I have for the Mets series in two thousand six. Oh shit, I was there too. Wait, were you oh, there really? for the? Um, were you there for the Omer Santos? No, oh, that was two thousand six. I went, yeah, I yeah. went for nine. Okay, um, I was there for that game. They played. They played there in two thousand six, and they got lit up the day I was there I think uh whoever who I'm trying to remember who the third base coach was at the time uh got oh Matt um uh the guy who man Manny Acta was their third base coach that year and uh he got a couple guys nailed at the plate and I think Pedro pitched the game and I'm pretty sure Pedro got pretty hard uh but anyway yeah I was there for that one and then the Santos one which was like the highlight of 09 that was I wasn't there for that but I watched that We stayed at a hostel that that, that oh, cool. it was it was pretty cool it was it was pretty close by it was like 
$30 a person. Yeah. You're not in the room anyway. You're going to the game. Nah. You just want a place to sleep after you get all sauced up at the game. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be a good one. I'm hoping that they go up there. So maybe next year it'll be Boston. And then we just have to hope that L.A., Arizona, or uh, Cincinnati lands on a weekend. Hopefully it does. I've been to Cincinnati already, so I've only not been to two yeah. so far in the National League. That's, which is that's cool. awesome. Been around the block once or twice. That's so, it. Um, all right, guys. So bring the noise tonight. Wheeler on the Hill uh, going for the series victory. Which would be nice. That'll be their fourth straight series victory, which is always nice to see. Uh, Mets are rolling, and like Paul said, let's uh, get past the rally dildos and the Harvey bullshit and get back to winning baseball games and being serious about it because the fun is fun, but what we're there, really there for is the wins, and that's what counts the most. So let's get crazy tonight. Let's get loud. Outing 66. People say, like, oh, you guys are kind of quiet on weekdays, right? And I'm like, when nah. we're at the game, it's kind of like you forget it's even a weekday. Exactly. Um, so let's bring it. See you at McFadden's about 4 o'clock tonight. If you're listening to this afterwards on SoundCloud or iTunes, we appreciate it. But try to catch us on the live show, especially this week on a Tuesday morning. But we're going to get back to our regular, regularly scheduled Thursday nights, um, at least until we move the warehouse. Maybe we'll start doing yeah, daytime good. shows, too. We'll, we'll see. We've got to work out the uh, the timing on that. But Thursday night, 6, th- six o'clock on uh, Facebook.com slash The 7 Line. Try to join it. Join us. It's always a fun time, especially in the comments area. It's like an AOL chat room. If you're watching this now and you enjoyed the show, click share. Tell your friends to watch the replay. That uh, does great things for the show, and we really appreciate it. And uh, we got some good stuff coming up soon. We are um, looking to start shilling for some beer companies. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so we'll soon be selling ourselves. If you're a beer company or a brewery or whatever and you want us to drink your beer, we actually have some good good perks lined up for you guys if you're watching this. And um I think the fans will, will really enjoy it, too, because we got some ideas. So definitely hit us got up. Got a low entry price. <laughs> price. Low, low price until we're, we're, yeah. we're big time. Yeah, you know? yeah, so yeah. get in now while you get can. Get in now while you can. All right, guys. We'll see you at City Field tonight. Later. You didn't say jobber. It's okay. Oh, you know what? I was going to actually bring that up. <laughs> are, you, are you really still going? Yeah. We're going to do this one more time. Um, afterwards, you said jobbers is someone that like gets paid to lose? In wrestling, yeah. So why would you call our fans that? Because <laughs> it's something that Taz calls his things. So I was giving oh, a little shout-out. Like, you're like, later in, jobbers. And I'm like, what is that? You're like, oh, they, they take the loss. And I'm like, that's not a good thing to say to our people. No, the people will understand. I think the humanoids will understand. All right. Later, we, jobbers. We love you. We love you. <laughs> Let's go, Mets.